the appropriate level of levity and lightness. It's a way of sort of elevating out of the dark pictures that are possible, even while you're discussing those. I'm Callie with a little bit of chill, and I'm here today at the Clarity Cafe with Barb from BioReset Medical, and we are excited to talk to you today about neutrality and humor, how not to get triggered. How's it going today, Barb? Fantastic. I've, uh, I'm enjoying the change in weather as we're moving into fall, and I'm also enjoying appreciating all the humor that's in my life. You know, when a friend sends you something that's really funny and you just get that little moment and it changes your day, if we can all just find a way to do that as we move through our day, it's so elevating to those around us and to ourselves. So super excited about this conversation. It's, um, I agree. And it's almost a habit that we have to seek because right now there's plenty of reasons to be like... heaviness is just piling on. (laughs) This is an amazing year where, um, you know, a week feels like a month, a month feels like a year, this year feels like a decade. And so, and a day feels like a week and, and it can just get so heavy. There's so much information and so much change and things happening that it can become a default for things to just pile on. And to be able to seek humor and to seek the habit of finding humor, seeking humor, sharing humor, while acknowledging that we are going through unprecedented, amazing, transformative times and tragic and scary and all of those things, but finding that cosmic or universal levity can be a wonderful tool for um, surviving right now. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that is hardest for many of us as we realize the seriousness of what's happening in the world or what's happening in our lives with our health or our families, et cetera, is that uh, taking ourselves seriously. Uh, I can kind of remember I was a serious child. I was a serious young child. And I've kind of become less serious as I've gotten older. And I feel like that's an amazing evolution and gift to be able to see the humor in things. And, uh, you know, I'm happier now, I can say, I think, than I've ever been. And I think that largely it's because I can find the humor in things, even when it doesn't mean that things aren't serious. And I think for a while I had a misconception that if you didn't, if you didn't take it seriously and you didn't, for instance, you know, read the New York Times every day and be aware of everything that was going on everywhere around the world where terrible things were happening, somehow that made you a bad person. And then I came to realize that actually not taking things so seriously could affect not just myself, but affect the world around me. And so the fact is, you know, when you walk into a room and you have an attitude of, I just saw the funniest thing outside, let me show it to you it'll change the energy of the entire room and it could change the energy of everyone's day and the trajectory of how it goes. And that is a profound thing. The other thing I'll say about humor is that some of my, most of my best uh, teachers have had an amazing sense of humor. And you can even look at someone as advanced as his honor, the Dalai Lama, 
he sees the cosmic joke. He's amused by everything. And you look at the things he's gone through in his life and what's happened to the Tibetan people, et cetera, and the diaspora to be able to keep that sense of humor and be able to transmit that when he speaks is a huge gift to the world. And it's made his life amazing. And he's a, you know, lives in that sense of joy. And so we all kind of can aspire to that kind of childlike humor in the midst of no matter what's happening. It's such a fun tool to use and totally agree with you. I think for me, (laughs) apparently the vacuum behind me also agree. (laughs) Thought that was funny. Yeah. yeah, So I actually, we're going to just digress here for a minute. And I'm going to say when I had um, an in-person meditation school, without fail, there was some phenomena where I'd say something really profound and, and the, or, you know, or one of the other teachers would say something profound and sirens would like a fire truck would go by or police <laughs> would go by with the sirens. And it became a joke because it would be this perfect timing of you'd say this profound thing and then you, because the school was so close to the road, you couldn't hear anything for like a solid minute. You just had to sit there with like, it's been said, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's one of my favorite things. And now that the vacuums decided to chime in um, is Brills. So anyway, I was thinking about in our conversation reminds me of some pretty serious health stuff that I've been through. And finding my humor in that has been the only thing to keep me from getting so locked in and shut down and into fight, flight or freeze. And it's not that it's not serious. Um, you know, I've come close to death on more than one occasion. I've seen the white shiny light um, and the peace that's rushed over me as I was close to death. And so it's not as though it wasn't serious. And there's, And I'm not saying that people should just, you know, laugh everything off, but but this is a deeper type of of humor that I'm really grateful for having experienced and now is more of um, a practice for me uh, to be able to notice something really heavy coming on and then to say, okay, I acknowledge that, that's heavy, that's serious. And in this moment, maybe we're waiting for information. Maybe we have information. We're waiting to see if the treatment's working, whatever that is. Now I'm going to stay in the best spirits that I can. Not toxic positivity, because that's a whole nother thing that I think has really plagued our society, but just a, a, a way to be a little bit more gentle as we go through it. Agreed. The I can remember uh, many similar to you. I've had uh, health issues and challenges, and that I would notice that how I was would affect my caregivers, for instance, in a situation where you're hospitalized, because you know the nurses and the doctors and the aides are dealing with life and death issues all the time, and when they come to see you, if you can, while you're having your 10 minute catch up on what's happened to you today and what your day is going to be like, you know, for the rest of the day, 
if you can insert a little humor in there, it creates much more a sense of ease and it creates more a sense of team and collaboration because you're kind of sharing this moment and you're matching energetically. People are attracted to that energy. So inadvertently, you will attract more positivity into your life if you, in the midst of something serious, can bring the appropriate level of levity and lightness. So it's a way of sort of elevating out of the dark pictures that are possible, even while you're discussing those and being able to stay neutral to those and not have those recorded in your psyche and in your body as trauma. Because that's could be what happens when we're going through difficult things. We record things as trauma and then we spend a lot of time trying to unravel those. But if we're able to break that energetic cycle of this is really serious, this is something terrible happening, and and know that that's one possibility and there's many possibilities because we're always living in uncertainty. And if we get to choose, let's choose levity and lightness. Mm-hmm. That... that uh idea that we have the freedom to choose, that levity is a healer. So when you're talking about the, and I've had the same experience, you know, you've got your, your, your nurse has, if they're lucky, four rooms, maybe eight rooms they're caring for, um, of very serious stuff. They're going, you know, uh, and in your doctor, who knows how many patients that they're the attending for, um, and if you can keep good natured and in good spirits, it makes it a pleasure for them to be there and, and everybody's getting a healing in the room. And so that's a fun, that's a fun experience to be a part of, even though it may be very serious what's happening. Um, I think for me, I like if it's a very painful procedure or treatment or, or I'm very, fatigued or, you know, I've been in the hospital, very fatigued, pain, whatever those things are. I know those acute moments are going to come where all I can do is just focus on breathing and or, you know, expressing that pain in some way, shape or form. I know that's going to come. However, not, uh, not having all the moments surrounding pre and post be, as you would say, you know, recorded as trauma is a powerful, powerful tool. And and let's say maybe it's not as acute as being in the hospital, but a heavy time. You know, I um, I loved my grandfather. He, we were very close. Um, and my grandfather died in 2008. And, and then two weeks later, my uncle died. So we lost like just two, you know, major parts of our family back to back within two weeks of each other. And there's something about the heaviness that death brings and will and will be there as we process and we have our grief and whatever. However, also being able to give myself and those around me a gift of a little bit of humor as we may be going through their belongings and sorting out the will or whatnot, you know, being able to have a happy memory come up or a joke of, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget my grandfather. He oh, he was such a funny man. He said to me, um, he said to me, he had gone to Costco and he had bought this roll of saran wrap. And I mean, it was this massive roll of saran wrap. And so this is, he's been in the hospital. He gets back home. He's got an NG tube uh, 
So he's got a tube going to, into his belly. Actually, it wasn't an NG tube, but he has a tube going into his belly, feeding him. So he walks by that saran wrap, and he goes, I guess that saran wrap's going to outlive me. <laughs> <laughs> so we chuckled. But when we were cleaning out his kitchen, I, I got... I chuckled every time I looked at that saran wrap um, because, you know, he'd brought the gift of levity to that moment and he wasn't wrong. He did. A saran wrap did outlive him. <laughs> exactly. And, and he, and that, that was an amazing gift that he gave to you there. And he created a positive trigger for you with humor. And oh. so you actually create positive triggers as opposed to negative, anxious triggers when you can be present in the situation, but also see the humor in it. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important to be with people of different generations, be with young children who will just all of a sudden burst into laughter because a bird is singing and it strikes them as a funny sound. Or, and, you know, on the other end of life, like your grandfather, as he's looking at a big roll of saran wrap and thinking, well, I'm leaving that saran wrap as my legacy here. I'm not going to live that. I'm not going to use all that saran wrap. And, and that changed the moment for him, but it also down the line changed many moments for you and your family. And you never know. And even a smile, you know, which changes how you are being will change how other people are being and smiling with your eyes now that we're in this situation of not being able to see the bottom of our faces most of the time because we're masked when we're out, um, that any uh, energetic connection through your eyes, through your smile, through your words changes your interaction with people. And that can change the trajectory of their day, which can change the director, the trajectory of everyone that they hit in the day. It's kind of like it's like the good side of contact tracing, right? You could contact trace how your humor and your smiles go through the world and, and they ripple out around you. I love that concept of positive triggers. That's amazing. And, you know, I have this big thing that I've been working on this year about yesterday's self and tomorrow's self. And I think positive triggers is definitely a tool within that. So the concept of yesterday's self is um, right now in this moment, I'm, I'm today's self, but I'm grateful for yesterday's self, for example, that cleaned off my desk so I could just sit down and record this podcast and not have a bunch of like conflicting visuals around me. Um, so I'm grateful to yesterday's self. And today's self is going to give a gift to tomorrow's self by maybe doing a little bit of laundry or, you know, my example is the dishes. I want to do the dishes so tomorrow's self doesn't have to wake up to a pile of dishes. Creating positive triggers, building that concept into today's self and yesterday's self. So it's not only the gifts that we can give by doing activities to lessen the load for tomorrow's self, but also to create these positive triggers so that whatever tomorrow's self comes up against, there will be for sure some plants of plant specifically planted positive triggers. So I love that concept. That's a very good one, I think, to explore a little bit more. And one of the ways that I create positive triggers for my future self and my present self, 
is with music. And so one of the things I've noted is that, and I've experimented with this when I'm in the car driving to the clinic. And I always want to arrive at the clinic in my optimal state because I know that, you know, there's patients there and staff there and everyone's trying to bring their best self. But there's a lot of heavy stuff that could come out during the day because people have illness. Um, And so I've experimented with listening to a little bit of NPR or listening to a little bit of Michael Franti and Spearhead. And how does that change what happens when I walk in the door? And there is a palpable difference. I know for me, and I feel like it also goes into my environment. So on the subject of creating positive triggers, one question that would be good to think about is what are your positive triggers? For me, it's music. If I'm going to wash the dishes or cook, it's really nice for me to be able to play my music and dance around while I'm doing it because that creates joy in my body and in my mind. I'm listening to positive lyrics and I'm feeling the rhythm of the music. And I'm doing things that could be perceived in a, from a certain perspective as a chore, but it becomes a thing of joy. And every time I do that, I'm reinforcing that positive trigger. Um, so, Yeah. I, and I think that that would be something that we can encourage our listeners to do as well is think about what some positive triggers are for you. Um, that you may already have and not necessarily, maybe you have them and you know you're doing them. Maybe you have them and don't know that they're positive triggers, but now that you put your attention on it, you can create it. Maybe there's some new positive triggers that you could create. If you're cohabitating with other people in your home, uh, you could share positive triggers and create those around the home. Um, And those are also really helpful for creating that cascade effect or that snowball effect of putting the happy in all kinds of places around us. So no matter what happens, we might get bumped around or knocked around throughout our day from information and news and just lifing full stop. And But we have these little bumps of a fresh flower, uh, a clean press pot for a hot cup of coffee, um, you know, you refilled the toilet paper. I don't know, whatever it is, you folded it into a little square. So, you know, whatever it is that makes you have just a little bit of happy, um, highly encourage you to do that. And uh, we'd love to hear from you and share with us what some of your positivity triggers are as well. Absolutely. I, that just reminds me of when you said fold a thing a certain way. I remember going to a medical conference in Cancun and my favorite thing, and I just have such a strong memory of this, is going into the bathroom in this nice resort and they had folded the washcloth so it looked like a little smiling frog thing. It was a very creative way of doing it. And it just, I so looked forward to every day coming in and seeing that someone had made that shape and it would be a little bit different every day, but it just made me smile. And I'm like, I'm going to go do that when I get home. And so I fold like washcloths that way now because it makes it smile at me. And other people have noticed that too and said, that's really cute how you do that. I'm like, well, I learned it from somebody that cleans rooms in Cancun. So, you know, people will learn your positive triggers as well. And another one I think is really important to think about that I've noticed when people have, for instance, depression or anxiety, they, you tend to, I know when I'm having 
some emotional upset, you'll tend to stop paying as much attention to your environment, right? So for instance, light, because the quality of the light in your environment can directly affect your mood. And so, you know, during the day, having some natural light come in to where you are, there's lots of studies that show that when they increase the amount of light in care facilities, the mood and the recovery of the patients improves. And so it's worth it to have brighter light and to have natural light. And in the evening, when you're trying to wind down and move yourself into that rest phase to have, I love my little LED candles and I love my little lights that look like little amethysts when I turn them on. And those little things, they don't cost much, but taking the time to do that as becomes a positive ritual. And then those things trigger you into now's the time to relax or now's the time to wake up, you know, opening the shades and seeing the sunshine, going out in the sunshine for 10 minutes, getting some natural vitamin D and also telling your body that no matter what else is happening, the sun is shining. Yeah. So that's it right there. Positive triggers, positive triggers, positive um, triggers both in our environment, positivity triggers in our mind, positivity triggers that we share with those around us, all of those things and how they can contribute to up-leveling our life. In our future podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about positive rituals and that space between positivity rituals and also just keeping the lights on and staying human with people. Also inspired by Michael Franti. But for this episode, we want to say, what are yours? Share them with others. And uh, until next time, be well. Be well.